And welcome to a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. Well, compared to other protein sources, canola meal has proven to have measurable advantages for dairy cows. But canola's value in dairy rations has historically been underestimated. Brittany Wood is the Director of Canola Utilization for the Canola Council of Canada. She talks about what dairy producers should know about canola meal. We grow canola primarily for the oil, but that canola meal portion is also really advantageous for feeding livestock, particularly for dairy. Canola meal is quite frequently, as it's exported from Canada, it goes into the top dairy-producing states within the United States. And so it's really valued as that preferred protein ingredient for dairy cattle. So the amino acid profile of canola meal really closely matches the amino acid profile of milk. And so it just further provides that support for the dairy cow in producing high quality milk. It also is a good source of bypass protein and many other nutritive components that the cow needs. And she talks about research showing the benefits of using canola meal compared to other protein options. A lot of that research is done in cows that are in mid-lactation. So what that research repeatedly shows is that the cows fed canola meal as that primary protein source produce more milk, usually about a kg or 2.2 pounds more milk per day. Early lactation cows were fed canola meal as the primary protein source, and those cows produced even more milk than what we would typically see in the trials that are in mid-lactation. Significant evidence both through the research Research that's done and just on-farm use that cows find canola meal very palatable. Dry matter intake continues to be good. It's not increased when there is canola meal in the diet. Supply of some feed ingredients has been an issue for dairy producers, which won't be a problem for canola meal. The production of canola meal is pretty consistent year to year. Processing capacity in Canada is usually done pretty close to capacity, meaning that the volume of canola meal available is pretty consistent year to year. And we see through our trade data, very consistent export volumes of canola meal into the United States. We are seeing a lot of investment in announcements for processing capacity to be built in Canada for canola, fueled by a high demand for vegetable oil, including canola, the amount of canola meal that is going to be available uh, for the North American feed industry, for the dairy industry, is going to go up here. And she says the additional capacity should start to come online in the next couple of years. Canola meal is also a sustainably produced dairy cattle feed. We have done some research to look at methane emissions when cows are fed canola meal. And so we have some findings that are really interesting to support that canola meal fed cows are producing less methane than when fed other protein ingredients, say soybean meal, for example. We're looking at feed additives that are being developed to reduce that methane emissions. But canola meal is an interesting um, idea about how can we take an ingredient that we're already using and consider canola meal as a potential tool to reduce methane output and at the same time to increase milk yield. For more information, you can go online to canolamazing.com. Again, that is canolamazing.com for more information. Well, the Canadian beef industry held its annual conference recently in Calgary. At the business session, several upcoming trade lobbying issues were addressed. The issues relate to some tough upcoming discussions with federal bureaucrats and politicians when Parliament resumes in Ottawa this fall. 
of pressing concern is the upcoming vote, which relates to a new member hoping to join the ranks of the Trans-Pacific Trade Group, specifically the United Kingdom. Canada's red meat sector is strongly urging Parliament to reject UK membership into the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. Prior to Brexit, the United Kingdom was part of the Canada-Europe Trade Agreement. CETA has been a disappointment for Canada's livestock sector. Now, Canadian cattle and pork producers worry the UK will bring its European attitudes into the Trans-Pacific trade deal. Ryder Lee, general manager of the Cattlemen's Association, says the Trans-Pacific Agreement works very well for Canada's beef and pork sector. What we have with the Trans-Pacific Partnership is really good market access. It's science-based. It trusts a system. If it's good enough for Canadians, then we're importing it. And we've seen excellent growth. If we let the UK in making political decisions about production, that precedent is terrible not only for our current partners in TPP, but any other country that wants in. A couple concerns that Canadian cattlemen have with the UK is their ongoing boycott of limited but existing growth hormone therapy in cattle, along with a commonly used carcass wash. The UK continues to reject PAA, proxy acetic acid, an antibacterial widely used in North American processing plants. And while the U.S. is not currently a member of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the U.S. is certainly a partner in the USMCA, an agreement coming up for review in 2026. Canada's Bill C-282, which, in part, would forbid any discussion of Canada's supply management system at future trade talks by Canadian negotiators, is also coming to the floor of Parliament in Ottawa this fall. The CCA's Ryder Lee says any legislation that attempts to tie the hands of Canada's trade ambassadors is legislation that needs to be stopped. And Lee says this is especially true when it comes to Canada's most important and largest trade pact, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. With that one, we've got what we want, and we want to preserve it. And that's part of the thing with C-282. If we tie our negotiators and say, you can never talk about these aspects of agriculture, when our biggest trading partner comes to renegotiate our free trade agreement, that's going to have a definite impact on that whole conversation. So that's a big part of why that's bad legislation, and we're working so hard to head that off. That's Ryder Lee, General Manager of the Canada Cattlemen's Association. And Washington's Apple Industries looking forward to better times ahead after India announced it was dropping its retaliatory tariffs against apples. That's news Jim Baer, U.S. Apple President and CEO, says means so much to Northwest growers. When the U.S. imposed the steel and aluminum tariffs in 2018 in the spring, India had overtaken Canada as our second largest Apple export market, and it was growing fast. Exports of uh, apples principally from Washington State to India went from second largest market and growing to just basically just fell off the table and went almost to zero. And that was costing, in five years, that cost about $600 million in lost sales for apple growers. White House meetings with India in June, Bear says, ended very well. But the president and CEO of U.S. Apple says there's a lot of work still to do. Sales still have to be made. It's not like India went without apples for five years. There were other countries were more than happy to swoop in and fill the vacuum that we left. So now we've got to compete against some countries that have much lower cost of production. Maybe the really hard work begins now in trying to make the sales and get back in there. But at least the issue is on the table and, and we have an opportunity to compete, whereas for the last five years we had not had that opportunity. And Bear says the industry looks forward to once again shipping great apples to this valued trading partner. 
That's all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.